There was one year where she was number one for me. I mean, I just she's like on my list every year. I it's like yeah. old Charlie Charlie Ray Carly Ray too, and old like my top songs were these really old Kim Petras songs. Really, and I'm like, why are these on my top? So five what, it songs? wasn't even slut pop. It was like no, it old? actually wasn't slut pop. That's yeah, really it was funny. like Malibu and. Malibu and something else. I can't remember what it was. This year, my top... So, the, like, top five was a 1975 song, which is expected for me. I listened to, like, the fuck out of them. They're, like... 19... The 1975. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Taylor loves them, too. Um, it, Which is really funny, because there are, like... There are, like, the... I guess, like, the guy demographic of 1975 fans are guys in their early 30s. And then the rest of their fan base is 14 to 20-year-old girls, okay. which is hilarious. Yeah. Odd, but... It's, I don't know what it is I about really that I like band. them. I did say that, you know, most of their songs that I hear kind of sound similar to me. They do. But... If you listen to a Carly Rae Jepsen album, they pretty much all sound the same. Pretty much every album sounds the same. Taylor Swift, they all sound the same. Beyonce's been a little bit different recently, yeah. but for the most part, all the songs are the same. Like Beyonce is weirdly my like first love of really? music. Uh, Writings on the Wall by Destiny's Child was the first album I bought as oh a child. <laughs> I, I mean... I wasn't allowed to listen to them. I wasn't either. I had to hide oh, yeah, it from yeah, my yeah. parents. I like, there was a, uh, I lit where we lived in Nairobi. There was a mall down the street from my house okay. and they would sell bootlegs. So it'd be like copies of CDs right. on tape. Okay. And so I, my first album that I ever owned was writings on the wall by destiny's child bootleg that. tape. That's awesome. <laughs> Not a bootleg. Um, speaking of weird bootlegs in music and other related things, we're here to talk about Japan. Right. So I went with Effie on his Japan trip. Okay. Real quick was... question. Is it weird calling him Taylor Effie? It's hard for me to remember. I've already called, I think I already called him Taylor earlier. So it's like, obviously I never call him Effie, but a lot of my friends that don't know him that well or like people that just meet him they just want to call him effie yeah. all the time like they never want to call him taylor yeah. like some some of them probably don't even realize his name is taylor honestly like so if they if they haven't spent a lot of time with him yeah like because my friend lauren for example i went to go see her she just had a baby she lives in greenville where you know we spend a lot of time there not a lot of time but we go there occasionally but she's never met effie taylor so she always asks where Effie is or how Effie's doing. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, you only see his Instagram and stuff. Right, so. right. Um, no, it's still, it's, like, been funny for me to get used to everyone calling him Effie. I'm like, this is Taylor, the guy that I met during right. the pandemic who lived below. He used to live in the basement. basement. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of. I mean, it was very surprising that I even got to go to Japan because they weren't allowing anyone in at the time unless you had strictly gone through a travel agency and you were being sponsored by that travel agency or you had a work visa. Right. So they were willing to basically give me a like a work visa, but it's really a volunteer visa. It's a work visa where you're not getting paid. So... I was able to get that and 
I was over there for eight days with him. I've wanted to go to Japan my whole life. So obviously I was like, I'm nobody gets a free trip to Japan. Like I'm, right. I may never get the opportunity to go back. So cause you Taylor mentioned like, that you studied uh, Japanese in college. I did. So I took uh, two semesters of Japanese and got, I think like C pluses in the speaking portion. <laughs> like my professor used to die laughing. She made me come to her office to do my, like they would do like oral exams, like kind of not in front of the class, but like off to the side. Like we would just go over and okay. like have a conversation yeah. with the professor for that portion of the exam. And I was like, I cannot do that. Like I get so nervous. So she was like, okay, fine. Just come into my office. We'll do it one-on-one. She was still like, it's still garbage. Like, you know what? I'm going to give you a C so you don't fail this <laughs> That's class. That's so funny. And I was like, well, thank you. Now I'm going to go to level two. Let's try it. But I did okay in the writing portion, okay. like the calligraphy part. Yeah. I don't even remember if they call it calligraphy, but I'm pretty sure they do. But anyway, there's like two different styles of writing that they taught us. One was a lot more complicated. Like, I think katakana was like the easier one it's like simple japanese okay. kind of it's like elementary japanese right. and then i want to say it was either hiragana or kanji that i, I don't think we learned kanji because i think kanji is super complicated but we learned hiragana and katakana so i remembered a little bit but not like not enough to help while we were there really, really? like at all i mean i was using google translate so much like i'm like i obviously can't read the directions on the washing machine right like and like, that type of stuff is so different over there. Like, their washing machines don't uh, – they don't have two separate parts. It's a washer and a dryer built in. And, like, whenever you're going to dry your clothes, there's no heat applied. They want, like, as little energy usage as possible. So it'll air spin your clothes and, like, take the water out of it a little bit more. Then you're expected to hang dry it the rest. Interesting. Or you can walk down the street to a laundromat, and then that's, like, your American style. Like, look exactly like – uh, you know, like broke down American laundromat, just like the same exact dryers and washing machines with quarters, yen over there. But it's like, like maybe the equivalent of like fifty cents to run it, as long as you would need to run it. Right. To dry like a load yeah, of yeah, towels, yeah. something hefty. Like that's so. It's so yeah. funny to me that they seem to have American style as an option for like literally everything yeah. over there. You just have to go pay for it. Yeah. Like, um, I was. This will be a fun segue. I was listening back to the Japan episodes before you came over to prepare for this, okay. and I had just gotten to the part where y'all are in uh, Don Quixote and you're buying oh pocket pussies. Uh, yeah, like we were literally. I was just laughing at that because. I don't even use TikTok or like I listen to the podcast. Like I don't use TikTok at all. I listen to the podcast though, like every once in a while, I'll say. I don't listen to it that religiously because it's like I have to hear him talk all the time. I don't want to listen I to it. I don't him. blame you for not <laughs> listening to it. Um But yeah, it, it's just like I oh, it came up on my feed one time and I was like, this is what he was talking about. He already told me that this had like a ton of hits on it. And so I listened to it and I was like yeah, I mean, yeah, it like makes sense. Like, I mean, it doesn't make sense that that exists over right. there. It made me uncomfortable. I was like, oh god, I don't. There's kids right over here. Like, I don't know. There's just a big flag that says uh, 
18 only covering the entryway to it but it's not even really like segmented off really they're just like out in the open it's like a sex store in the middle of a walmart (laughs) and like wasn't it on the toy floor like weren't there kids toys around it too i think that it was on the uh i mean he might he might have different memory but i thought it was on the electronics toy i mean i want to hear because that's going to be the thing that like this is japan aj's version right okay so So i want as much of your perspective electronics section like please contradict taylor right it's all electronics for the most part it's like electronic vibrators electronic dildos like um i don't know it's mostly electronics i'd say it wasn't all like but then it, it was just like they had some other sex stuff in there, too, that wasn't electronic. But I, I don't think it was in the toy, like the kids area. <laughs> I don't believe that it was in the toy section. That That's like too much. Like Japan's not going to do that. Yeah. Maybe they will. I don't know. May, I don't know. They might. They're like they're like DL freaks. Like, yeah, like the sex. I don't know. Like their idea about sex or like their attitudes towards sex is so like. In the public eye, like keep it like very conservative, whatever. But but like, everyone's there's a so freak many like little it. yeah. There's so many little niche like yeah. sex communities like right. What, there oh so we were in one of the manga stores and one of the floors had like all sexual fantasy stuff. I mean like we bought w- one manga that was. Um, it's like werewolves fucking yeah. dudes. It's yeah. like gay, but one's a wolf and one's a man. Like. You know, like furry type stuff, like hentai stuff. And there's so many, like, I swear there were mom and daughters just walking around like, they're like, oh, look at this one. Oh, look at that one. And, you know, Effie's just in there screaming. Like, every time he sees a dick on a cover, he's like, ah, look. And I'm like, you have to stop. Like, you cannot keep doing that. I, I was like, I could feel all the eyes on us just like. Oh, these two crazy Americans just laughing about all the dicks. Like, they're, they felt like they felt. Like it was more like art. Like they didn't think it was yeah. like weird or right. funny to see that. They, they were like no, probably a healthier like, relationship. Exactly. Like I don't know if it's healthier because it's so repressed. But then also you have your like it's like you have your area to yeah. be freaky if you right want, so. right. It's so interesting. Um, also, the two of y'all don't exactly not stick out like. Oh, I mean, yeah, we're both you're both over very six tall. Foot, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved like, I loved the video of you very narrowly missing, um, like one of the tunnels y'all were walking. Oh my through. gosh, it was so. We walked through that multiple times while we were there, and every time I would just like my vertebrae would just like compress, like because there was I don't know if there was a train over it or what, but it was like there would just be like loud booms, like as you're walking. It's pretty long to walk under, so. Especially if you're, like, scraping the roof. I was like, oh, man, like, anything goes wrong and I'm going to die, <laughs> literally. Did you, what other things did you have a difficult time with being a tall person in Japan? Okay, so whenever we first got over there, we were planning on staying with – so there's the group of wrestlers that – Oh, yeah, GCW I wanted to hear sponsored. about this. Oh, God, don't even – like – I only made it one night. Staying I in knew this there Airbnb. was more of a story to this than just we decided to get our own Airbnb. Okay, so what happened was we show up. It's fine. Like we have a room. I did not. I thought we were gonna have our own private room. Turns right. out we are sharing a room. I don't mind. We're sharing with Cole. Cole Roderick. Cole. Cole Radrick. Radrick. 
Sorry, Cole. Love you. He's so nice. Such a sweet boy. So I didn't mind. Like, he, and he doesn't snore or anything. So I'm like, okay, I really don't mind. He's clean, like, respectful, uh, you know, of pro wrestlers. These, these are some grungy motherfuckers sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with Cole. Or sharing a room with Cole. So that was fine. But it was like more and more people would show up and then like everybody like everybody was like in the living spaces there's food everywhere not the cleanest group of people um so i just like kind of had it and then also the doorways at this airbnb i had a scab on the top of my head by the next morning because i i kept hitting my like scraping my head to our bedroom oh my or like any all the doorways in the airbnb i was scraping my head on like that it was just much shorter so I was like, okay, I if I'm gonna be here for eight days, like I'm gonna need my own personal space. Like, um, Scarlet, the ref, was with us, and I was like, okay, like Scarlet and Cole can come over to our Airbnb, but nobody, like nobody else. So I just I looked on Airbnb. I was like, what can we find that's like a one bedroom close to the re- other wrestlers Airbnb right. that's also affordable? So I saw all these Airbnbs that were like twenty five dollars to thirty five dollars a night. And I was like, they're all in our area. So I just picked one that was, it was actually a studio apartment, but it had like a nice size bathroom and everything. And the doorways were very tall. So <laughs> I was like, oh, this is perfect. There's a kitchen area, a large bathroom. We're hardly going to be there at all anyway. So I was like, let's book this studio. And I think I paid $200 for the eight days That's or something awesome. like that. And I didn't have to share a room with anyone. So. It was very nice. I was I was super happy about that decision. Um, I do, however, wish that I had maybe even gone with a little bit nicer because I like didn't spend much money while we were there. I'm telling you, like Japan is so cheap. Once you get over there after the flight, I think the conversion rate was like one point four or something like that. So like one dollar is like. 80 cents yeah or wait no what am i trying to say like it's like 100 yen is like no each u.s dollar is worth like 1.4 japanese yen kind of yeah something like that yeah i don't know i'm I'm not good with math and conversion we we (laughs) did that we hazily did that math on the other podcast okay gotcha so you guys have already done that but it was like i was spending like no money being there like Everything was so cheap. They don't want you to tip at restaurants and stuff. I've heard like that. We tried to, and the guy was like, he like shoved it back. He was like, no, like that's, I'm, I Googled it and I read that it was actually rude if you're trying to tip. Oh. Like they're like, no, like you paid for our service and that's it. Like go away. <laughs> so, but yeah. So what was the, cause I know. <clears throat> I know Taylor passed out on the flight over to Japan. What was the flight, that super long flight like for you? Oh, my gosh. So I came in the night before to L.A. from Atlanta, which was like a four-hour flight. Stayed overnight, left super early the next morning. That was an 11-hour flight. I didn't mind it that much. Honestly, I took like three Benadryl and I was knocked out for, you know, three hours at a time. So I was like knocked out for three hours. I'd wake up for an hour and like play my Nintendo switch or like, I didn't have Pokemon or like a lot of the new games that just came out. So like I'm Pokemon Violet by the way, but like, I don't know. I just like distracted myself for like an hour and then I would, 
I have muscle relaxers from my doctor for arthritis in my neck. I'm only 30, but anyway. So I would just like take one of those. So I was like rotating medicine, nice. like Benadryl, muscle relaxer. And then I would fall asleep for in like three hour intervals and then just wake, wake up for an hour. I will tell you, Schlack was sitting like right to my left. And he, I mean, he's like, Schlack is a like scary motherfucker. Like, <laughs> but he was passed out the entire time sleeping like a baby didn't snore didn't move he was so stoic i was like geez like i wish i could sleep like that like he just i felt like he had a very clear conscience like he was just like nothing is keeping me awake at night nothing is keeping me awake ever like i don't know it was just it was funny to watch jealous (laughs) that sounds i know i'm like oh no i need all the pills to fall asleep i'm like (laughs) Yeah, I can get there, but it's better living through chemicals for sure. Oh, yeah, I have to do it. Or And, like, you know, the whole weed thing, like, we couldn't smoke while we were there at all, really. So, like, well, we couldn't smoke at first whenever we got there, but uh, I, don't, I don't know how much I can even say, but... <laughs> I think we talked about it... Okay, well, if you've already talked about it, then it's fine. But, like, you know, like, Evie and I, like, we like a good, like, little toke, and it helps you fall asleep. So, whenever we couldn't do that, I was having a very hard time falling asleep. Because that's, like, whenever I'll – I'll normally do it. Like, I'll take, like, a a mini bong rip before bed, and it, like, helps knock me right out. Yeah. And, like, I think going from doing that pretty often to not being able to do it at all was, like – pretty difficult but it was like very hard to find marijuana over mm-hmm. there so that's kind of all i'll say about that but <laughs> um japanese bathrooms love them gotta get one have to have one every single public restroom in tokyo has an ass warmer a bidet a back bidet a fr- and a front bidet um i'm pretty sure you can put sound effects on them like most of them, there's like a sound effects option wow. in case you don't want people to hear you pooping, I guess. Um, what else? I don't know. They're just so awesome. Like I really wanted one. Whenever we were leaving, that was kind of one of my main takeaways was that I – like whenever we buy a house, I really want to order and have shipped over a Japanese toilet. Yeah. Like where can I get one of these things in America? Like yeah. I'm sorry. Hello, Tushy. Love Hello Tushy. I have a Hello Tushy bidet. Keeps my b-hole nice and squeaky clean, but it is not the same. Like, it is not the same as a Japanese toilet. Like, that really changed my life. Like, just having a bidet everywhere you went, not even having to think about it. And then also having your ass warmed while you're... I mean, I would sit down to pee just to have the heated seats. Yeah. Like... Incredible. I loved it. I was obsessed with it. Like, and I, I hate using the restroom in public. Like, I do not use urinals at all, and I do not like pooping in public at all. Like, I'm not. Gonna I use, am the exact. I'm same not gonna way. do it. Yeah. I'm just gonna hold it, and if you know my intestines explode, so be it. I don't care. Send me yeah. the emergency room. It's I think it's. I think as an adult, it's a good, humbling, important experience to shit your pants at least once a year. Oh God. Jeez. Yeah. Whenever you start talking about like when you've shit, like, have you ever shit yourself? Like with your friends, we were just talking about this. I was on a bachelorette trip. One of the girls goes, okay, 
truth or I think we were playing truth or dare or something, or maybe it was just never have I ever, but she, she somehow got everybody to tell a story when they shit themselves. And I was like, I don't think I've ever actually shit myself. And then I was like, no way. I actually have. I literally did it whenever we first moved to Atlanta and I had to like waddle home. Like I was out on a walk with cranberry and I was like, all right, we got to waddle back up this hill. Like, it was not cute. It's but. the worst when you don't have access to a car. Like, if you have a car, it's it's all good. Yeah, if, like, you're out with the dog, it's terrible. And I'm like, I don't I didn't even know what to do, especially if it's, like, unexpected. Like, you're not, like, I didn't even know I was going to poop myself. Just <laughs> no, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like explosive diarrhea. Um, speaking of explosive diarrhea, <laughs> how was getting adjusted to the food over there? Oh, my gosh. So, I... Thought there would be so many more veggie options. Fuck no. Those bitches love pork. Pork and everything. Pork and all the ramen. I was like, I we went to this really niche ramen restaurant. It uh-huh. was really good. I still ate like most of my meal. I just kind of picked around the pork. But like everything on the menu had pork in it pretty much. And yeah. I was like, I was just very surprised because other, I guess like, or not all other, but like some other Asian cultures like, Specifically, like, Indian food I'm thinking of. I have no problem at Indian restaurants ever finding veggie options. Like, right. They, they eat a lot more vegetarian, I think. But, um, but yeah, it, it was still super good. I mean, the sushi there was really good, too. Um, it was, like, it just tasted, I don't know. It was just better. Like, it seemed like it was prepared with more love. And, like, they... You know, it's not public sushi, so it's like, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And they, they seemed like they took a lot of, like, that kind of goes back to not tipping. Like, they seem to take, like, a lot of pride in what they're doing. Like, the chefs would, like, at the sushi restaurant we were at, they were, like, asking us specifically, like, did you like it? Did you like it? Like, and then they're, whenever we were, like, yeah, everything tasted great. They were just so ecstatic about it. They were, like, so happy over that. the top. Like, like, thank you so much. Like, that's incredible. I, the, the attitude that they take towards certain things. So to, just speaking to the, like the, the spirit of that idea, what from Japanese culture have you felt that you brought back to the U.S. with you? Oh, my gosh. I only eat with chopsticks now. Literally. I eat, Well, okay. So I already loved ramen, but uh-huh. now I'm like a ramen snob. Like, we're not doing top ramen, bitch. Get that shit out of my kitchen. We're not doing it. I want the real shit. Like... I honestly, we've been to a Japanese food store since we got back too. Oh, excellent. But I brought back authentic Japanese chopsticks with me. So I have a little supply. Don't touch my chopsticks if you ever come to my apartment. But, you know, I really do try to eat with chopsticks as much as possible. I'm eating all my sushi with chopsticks. I'm eating all my ramen with chopsticks. I'm eating random foods with chopsticks. But other than that, I like have started taking my shoes off at the door. Like in Japan, everywhere, like anybody's like person like all airbnbs basically or like anywhere you go that is expected to be like a little nicer or clean for example even at like the cat cafe we went to Mm -hmm. you're just going in there you're sitting around there's a ton of very well groomed cats just running around you know playing hanging out you're supposed to go there it helps with anxiety you get to pet a little furry animal whatever but they make you take your shoes off at the door and it's very clean. And then both Airbnbs that we were at specifically in the directions over and over again, they reiterated, you need to take your shoes off. 
Like you need to take your shoes off and leave them downstairs or leave them at the door. They're specific holders for your shoes. Do not walk in the Airbnb with your shoes on. So they're very serious about it. I love it. I'm obsessed with that. That's great. I kind of already wanted Effie to do that. And, you know, he does not want to – he's not going to take his shoes off before he enters the apartment. But he's even started doing it some. I love it. I'm very impressed. Yeah, so. when I came over, I did see that y'all's shoes were by the door, and I felt that I had to add my. I tell over. everyone that the Japanese are like the best people. Like everything they do, I'm like, that's how you should be doing it. I yeah. love it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just like it because it keeps it clean and it makes sense. I and mean, we have dogs running around anyway, so what is clean? But um, that was another thing. Um. Cat Cafe. Yes. Incredible. And you didn't, you didn't go to the Pig Cafe. That's No, I missed out on the Pig Cafe and the Otter Cafe. Yeah, did Taylor go to the I Otter Cafe? I don't know if he went to the Otter Cafe, but Joey Janela went to the okay. Otter Cafe. And uh, I think John Wayne Murdoch. They, they like went one day whenever... I think we went to the Lucky Cat Temple that day. Right. And everybody else... Not everybody else, but a few of the guys went to the otter cafe and it was crazy and like the videos they were posting and they looked like crazy little ferrets yeah. just like they were all over their body though the cat cafe none of the cats really wanted anything to do with you <laughs> if you sat still enough one would approach you or if you went and got a treat obviously uh-huh. then they would come up to you but otherwise they didn't really want your attention that much interesting but the otters and pigs were all over yeah like i was so jealous i really am mad i missed the pig cafe oh so there's like five things i want to get back to but the first thing i'm thinking of like what so you did solo stuff by yourself like part of your journey was definitely by Uh, yourself 100 percent. because i like i like going to wrestling but i can only do so much of it and You, you also there was also an incredibly violent Match. They were all like death matches, pretty much. I'm pretty yeah. sure most of his matches, most of everybody's matches were pretty violent. I mean, I think the group of wrestlers that went are like death match aficionados. Yeah. Like they, they do death matches all the time. Yeah. So. How did just I I want to get like and like talk about this how much you feel comfortable with, but when I think of you going to a wrestling show that Taylor's at what I often this is like a weird comparison, but what I think of is whenever there's like a guy who's doing a crazy stunt on like a dirt bike or some kind of evil Knievel thing that they'll do like the televised event right before he goes off. And they always show like a really nervous girlfriend, like off in the corner, oh like, my Oh my God. And I think of you being Literally, in that position. I mean, whenever he's doing those types of matches, I either a, do not watch. And I just hang out at the merch table. There was one that was like, I think it was his first match was supposed to be very bloody. And I mean, his, I mean, he had the scars to prove it. Like afterwards, like he had glass in his back and was like bleeding for like two days, like on sheets. So while you are like rolling around super Uh, hot Japan, we put like, you know, stuff over the Airbnb sheets so that they wouldn't get messed up. I was like, I think we just laid down a towel or something. Like I had bought extra towels. So I was like, I think we just need to buy new sheets. So we're not like accidentally staining these, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm like, I either don't watch or I just have to like cringe and close my eyes through certain parts. Like I really cannot handle 
that type of violence, depending on what it is. If it's a gla- if it's like a light bulb that you're busting over your back or your head, meh, who really cares? CTE, eh, it's real, but you know, it's not visible, so it doesn't bother me as much. But whenever somebody's taking, like, I'll never forget, I saw Nick Gage take a pizza cutter to Dark Sheik's forehead, uh-huh. and I'm like, I really cannot watch that. Yeah. Like, I can't watch, like, cutting flesh. I don't know. Yeah. It just freaks me out. Yeah. Um, it's worse after the fact, honestly, though. It's just like, dealing with the cleanup of it and everything. Right. But yeah. I will say in Japan, they make them shower and, like, wash off and address their wounds at the venue. So, like, they're very strict about that, and they don't let people, like, leave, like, super messed up without right. having their wounds treated, at least. So, it was, like, I was thankful for that, at least. I was, like, good. You should be doing that after every show. <laughs> right. But, like, I don't know. Just spray some Bactran on it, I guess. Like, disinfectant. Um, what was, because uh, you were working merch, right? I did work merch for the shows that I went to. So, like, the first show and then... Maybe the second or third show, something like that. I think I had slept through one of the shows, and then during the other shows, I was just like, I'm going to go off on do my own thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's talk about solo AJ adventures. So I think my favorite solo adventure, I mean, a lot of it, I'll admit, was just me like shopping or like nav- going through the city and like, Walking through a park on the way to go shopping. That's or, so cool. That I love that. I, lo- I mean, I was obsessed with it. The train system there is so easy to use. You can't get lost on it, though we did get lost like twice whenever we first got there. After I stopped listening to pro wrestlers, no offense to them, but I, I had to just be like, okay, look, guys, I have phone service here. I have a GPS. Let's follow the GPS. Like, I'm, I can't just follow you guys. But then once you kind of get in the hang of it, it's super easy to use i mean there's english on all the signs too right. you just kind of have to figure out where you're going same thing as if you were in like dc or somewhere or or atlanta with a metro system um but but my favorite one was i did like a museum day so i went in i think i went into the museum of art just for a minute like i didn't actually buy a ticket but there was part of it that you could kind of walk through but i really went into the um, National Museum of Nature and Science. Oh. And I spent probably five to six hours walking around in that museum. Damn. And I didn't even see everything still. Like, I was really stopping and, like, taking a lot of pictures and, like, looking at everything because I just really love – I love, like, stuff like that. Like, the National Museum of um, Natural History in D.C. Yeah. And other places. Like, they're always – they've always been some of my favorite museums. So I was like, I have to go here. And then I also, like, um, really used that as an opportunity to kind of use some Japanese on my own. So I was just, like, kind of trying to use random phrases with people. Like, literally walked up to a random woman and I was like, I think it's tabemono wa doku desu ka, which is, like, where's the food? I'm pretty sure. I I might have gotten that wrong just now, but I had like checked it on Google Translate yeah, before. Yeah. And she was so tickled and then just started like grabbed my arm and like was walking with me and pointing and just like went off in Japanese. I had no idea what she was saying, but she kind of pointed me and guided me up to an area where they had like a little food court. Amazing. Thing. So I was like, this is incredible. Like people are so friendly if you make an attempt to 
speak Japanese. That's so cool. But I also like stocked up on a lot of my souvenirs from the museum gift shop. Like I bought a, I think it's a five carat pear cut amethyst stone. Oh my God. Which like sounds really nice and like big, but amethyst is actually very cheap. Right. So it was like, you know, it's like 60 bucks or something for this finely cut gemstone. But I got it for my mom because we both have February birthdays a week apart. So it's our birthstone. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I got it for her for Christmas. That's excellent. Um, So she was, I mean, I already showed it to her, but she's not getting it until Christmas because I still have to get it set. So that's okay. So what other, other than museum, that's, that was what I would do. Um, DC museums are like one of my favorite things yeah. in the entire world. And they're um, like, I mean, it wasn't free in Tokyo, but it was still very cheap. I'm sure. Like, well, like what was your favorite thing that you saw there? Like it displayed? Oh my gosh. Probably. It's really hard to decide. I would probably say this a little, which is weird, but this exhibit they had of platypus egg layers. <laughs> Whoa. And then also, I really enjoyed the planetary exhibit because they had like 50,000 different microscopes as they've been developed throughout the year. Some of the largest microscopes, some of the oldest microscopes. And then they also just had a, um, which is not, uh, that was next to the planetary, not my, obviously. Those are telescopes, not microscopes. But the microscopes were very cool though, but the planetary exhibit was very cool. They just had different uh, globes and models of the earth throughout time. So, oh, that's awesome. So, and I mean, Asian history is like way older than right American history. Yeah. Or even, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's way older than European history too, but I'm not sure about that. I don't know. But. That's so cool. <laughs> I love the idea of different microscopes throughout the years. It was very interesting. I mean, they all looked kind of similar, but you could really see, I mean, it was like, I, I'm assuming these are re- exact replicas of things they found or rebuilt right, over time. Right, right. Um, it's just, it's really interesting cool. to think about how, like, we have such a model in our head of what human evolution looked like. It's right. funny to think about it with an inanimate, inanimate object as oh, yeah. it moves through time. So, God, that's so cool. And just seeing, like, all the different wildlife species they have. Like, there's a lot of stuff that is very similar to what you would see in North America or Africa, but it, it's like a little bit different. Like there's some species I'd never even heard of or seen before. And yeah. I was like, what is this? And then also like, I think uh, one thing they had, they had a bunch of different cats in one exhibit. And I was like, I've never seen these cats. And then I was like, we saw them at the cat cafe later. Oh shit. Like they're cats that like, don't really have ears. What? Yeah. They're like, we are like, their ears are like little and circular. I have no idea. You have to look this up. I swear I'm not crazy. Um, And I was like, I've never seen a cat like this before. What kind of cat is this? I don't know if they only exist in Asia. Like, okay, a cat without ears. Um, (laughs) it's called a Scottish fold. Okay, so it's not even like Asian or Japanese. Yeah, never seen one before. I had no idea, but I guess it's Scottish. Um, interesting. That's so funny. Yeah, it's from the United Kingdom. All right, so scratch that. But they had some of them on exhibit at the um, National Museum of Nature and Science. Too, That's so. so cool. 
Um, but also like definitely y'all look, look up that cat because that cat fits perfectly in Japan. It's, oh my gosh. I know. It's so cute. Like I bought was, so much Hello Kitty stuff. Too. Okay. This is, I'm putting you on the spot with this one. Weirdest thing you saw, like most jarring thing that you saw and the cutest thing that you saw while you were in Japan. Good question. And you can sit on that, and then if it just comes to you naturally, like we can move on to something else. I do want to talk about your relationship with Joey Janelle, though, because okay. that was a, a fascinating little tidbit that Taylor he's, dropped. He's bad boy Joey Janela. Bad he's boy Joey Janela. such a nice boy. Anyway, but yeah, so the most jarring thing I saw was definitely at wrestling oh. related <laughs> to Joey Janela. Um, Perfect, but it's like, what are you gonna do? Like, I, I don't know. I've just never seen anything like that at any of the American shows I've been to, whether it's a death match or not. They were so extreme. I mean, he let a guy put a skewer through one jaw, out of the other one. Ooh. He had a skewer all the way through his face. They claim it's not that big, not that big of a deal, and uh, you know, there's not that many nerve endings there, so apparently, it's not that painful. No freaking way. Like, yeah. it looked so, so painful, so bloody. Like, <clears throat> I was pretty impressed, honestly. But <laughs> I was, like, not in a million years. Uh, there are, like, a, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Harry Houdini. And okay. he would use, he had, like, a bunch of weird body things, like, extra thick skin in certain areas in his body. Okay. And he would use that to hide his keys, like, to get out. Oh so he was, like, just as much of a, like, a, Taylor was telling, I can't, forgive me that I can't think of who this actually is, but there's someone who had, their forehead is numb and they can just stick forks in there. It's probably Schlack. The, it might be. I don't know. I have be. no idea. But um, but it's, it's just interesting to me, like, using weird little body deformities to, like, your advantage and, like, figuring out that there's no nerves in that part of your lip. And it's so horrifying. Ugh. Um, so what about the cutest thing? The cutest thing had to be... Oh, my gosh. It's so, like... I don't even know the cutest thing. I mean, there's so much cute stuff just all over Japan. Like I would say probably the cutest thing for me, just cause I'm so obsessed with Pokemon. It was like just all the little stuff they have at the Pokemon centers in Japan. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love the giant life. Oh uh, yeah. I love the giant sized um, Mewtwo that they had uh -huh. in, a, in an incubator. Obviously, we had to get pictures of that. But, oh, no, obviously, the cutest thing for me was the cat museum with all the little waving cats where they, like, basically, the idea is that you can go there, you purchase one of the lucky cats, you can either leave it there and put your luck into the universe or your request for luck into the universe, I'll say that, or you can carry around the cat statue with you for a period of time, and then once your luck has been fulfilled, you take the cat back to rest at the temple, which was what I did. I got one of the smaller cat uh -huh. statues, and I'm bringing it around with me so that I can then, whenever I return to Japan, go back to the temple and lay my cat down to rest. I love so, that. That's That was so the cutest cool. thing. The cats are so cute. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I was obsessed with that. So I know temples were, like, Taylor kept saying over and over and over again, like, the only thing that AJ cares about is temples. Uh, what was the, what were the temples like for you? What was that experience? They were so much, like, it was, like, weird. Like, I think I almost was crying at the Lucky Cat Temple just because I was, like, so happy to be there. And I was yeah. like, how am I in Japan right now? Like, yeah, I grew up very poor, did not think I was, didn't even think I was going to be able to go to college, honestly, but... Then I'm in Japan, I'm at a temple where I've been like, you know, watching anime, seeing all these Japanese structures, thinking, oh, am I ever going to like actually get to see them for my own eyes? And then I'm in there in the moment and I'm just like, I don't know, I was a little overwhelmed. So I was just like, probably shed a tear or two. I love that. It was so awesome. It was like, it was magical. And then it's it's cool because I think a lot of the temples, not not all of them, but some of them have graveyards also associated mm-hmm. with them. The one at the Lucky Cat Temple was so fabulous. It was like the most ornamental tombstones, uh, decorations. I don't even know what to call them. Like like grave dressings, kind yeah. of. It, it was just very cool. It was awesome. Um, and then some of the other temples we went to, you could just tell it was for like royalty. Like, right. obviously, like even some of them that are more public now like one of their shopping districts like there's tons of street markets um around this temple but it's still you know it's a temple there are golden statues and stuff yeah it's old you can tell um but it's kind of been turned into like a marketplace so there's like some modernization that happens with some of the temples and then some of the other temples like um what was it meji jingu meji jingu i think was one of the big kind of preserved temples in the middle of Tokyo. And there's like a large garden that existed before the temple was ever built. Like the emperor lived there at one point before I think they built the other emperor's palace. Um, But it it, it was more like spiritual because like you're walking up to these temples and they're giant arches, like just massive. And people are like bowing before they enter, like, then they'll go, you can get like, um, they call them amulets for different things. So you yeah. can, you can actually purchase those. You can say a prayer, you can leave them in a prayer box. You'll do certain rituals. Like once you go through the arch, there's the actual main temple. You could walk up to it. Um, and then like, there's this ritual where you're like, you bow twice, clap twice, or you bow, clap twice. And then go up and you're supposed to throw coins. Okay. Like, actually just throw coins into the temple through a little window. So it's kind of like, here's your offering. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then whenever you leave, you bow again, clap twice, and then go. And then also bow at the massive arch again. Um, so there were definitely certain times whenever it felt, like, more spiritual, and then other times whenever it felt more sensationalized. Right. Like, I was like, right. oh, I'm getting my souvenir. Yeah, oh, my niece yeah. getting a kimono. Like, yeah, we're doing this yeah. here at this temple. Get my like, selfie. Right. Like, nobody gives a fuck about this temple anymore. Yeah. They're just here to shop. Like, uh, That's so funny. Um, I did actually get my uh, niece a kimono, but she's... Excellent. You know, she was less than one year old, so I figured that's that's okay. Yeah. And actually, you know, if you're doing it to celebrate or doing it to show respect or honor, then it's... A, I've read and Japanese people told, told us, you know, it's actually okay. 
if you wear a traditional garb like garment um as long as you're doing it out of to show respect or in celebration of something like more traditional that you would be doing not just to if you're just wearing it as like a halloween costume that's when it gets fishy we're like okay Come on, like they they wear them for a reason, and typically kimonos and traditional wear is it's very expensive. It's like I mean, it's like buying a nice tuxedo or something. So. Right, right, yeah. It's like I get, it feels that so much of their culture has to do with the intention behind things and yeah. like making sure that that's coming across. Just and even like the intention that they're putting in it, like how I mean. Taylor was talking about the little ice creams and how they're perfected and how that's almost like a form of respect of like, even though it's this cheap, you know, whatever 50 cent ice cream, we're still going to make it like to it's the best of what it can be as an ice cream. 100%. Like I felt like all of the food preparation there is like, even at Starbucks, I was like, oh my gosh, like just the quality of everything is like, you can tell that they really like, care about other people's experience yeah. how other people are experiencing things they want to make sure that the other person is exper- or their customers experiencing it at in the best way that they can um squid how do you feel about squid um not gonna eat it and i was um you know taylor effie he loves weird snacks He's got the weirdest palate, I think, of anyone I've ever met. I would agree with that. He likes, you know, cow tongue tacos. Not in Japan, just in general. But, like, that's weird to me. I don't know. He was loving the dried squid. He ordered more whenever we got home. Yeah, that's what he told me. It's so fishy. I will not eat it. I don't – I can't eat an octopi or – a squid, I guess. I can't eat a cephalopod. I don't know. They, no. It feels like they're too smart. They're feels way like too eating smart. a dolphin it or does. eating a dog. It does. Like I just, you know, if that's your tea and that's your life, I, whatever respect, not respect, but like do it, do you? I'm not judging yeah, you, yeah. but like I cannot do. I honestly threw away his dried squid that he ordered. I'm like, this really? has been here. This has been here for. He hasn't touched this in a week and a half. I'm getting rid of it. I threw it away. He hasn't asked about it, so. I'm like get that out of my house. Like the oct- like I follow Octonation on not that squid and octopi are the same thing, but you know, they are similar creatures, mm-hmm. so I have similar empathy towards yeah. both of them, I think. I follow Octonation on Instagram and I cannot get enough. I'm like octopi are my god. Like I love <laughs> watching I love watching the videos of them breaking out of their tanks and like stealing oh fish from another tank. It's so crazy. It's incredible. I, I just love watching them like interact in the wild too. Or like anytime they are like I think like my favorite octopus situation is like whenever there's a predator and they're like evading the predator, they always get away. Yeah. Like what yeah. what predator is after like that predator is starving. Like the octopus always gets away. I'm I'm like it's it's crazy to me. They're just so wild. I've read like that they're like the closest thing to an alien. Like if we yeah. have, like their anatomy is like nothing yeah. else on earth. Like nothing evolved from this. They landed from another planet and they're totally. like we'll just live in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I that's uh I say that all the time to like it's it's like don't get me wrong, I love aliens and UFOs and just like the mystery of it all. But like if you want to see an alien look in the ocean, there's all kinds of wacky stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, I think aliens are a little more boring than we're thinking like Probably. Octopi, is, they just cr- crash landed here on a meteorite. Like, 
They can survive anything. Their bodies are so malleable. They like, escape with ink. Like, are you fucking um, kidding what, me? What is it? The uh, the Vulcan ghost octopus, I think, is the only creature that can live at certain depths of the ocean where, or one of the only creatures where there's no sunlight and the pressure is like three trillion tons or something yeah. like that. And they're just like, bloop, bloop. That's crazy. Like, they're the, one of the only animals. And they're like, I think they're like stark white. Like, they're just like, go, like that's why they call them ghost octopi, I guess. But That's so cool. I'm pretty positive it's the Vulcan ghost octopi. Okay, I want to yeah. look this up. Cause I could be wrong, but I was pretty obsessed with that for like a week. At least I saw him on Octonation and I was like, that's my, that's my guy. That's my favorite octopus. That's my favorite animal. Like if I, if I ever got a tattoo, I think it would be like a sleeve or like a leg sleeve of an octopus. Yeah. Like I love it. Like, uh, these are crazy. Y'all look up a Vulcan octopus. Is it just Vulcan or is it Vulcan? Um, Maybe the ghost ones are the white ones, and they, they just... it's described as ghostly. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe that in like every article about it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I'm saying that. Yeah. Um, it is like that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so amazing. cute to me. I don't know why I'm like amazing, amazing. No, I love, I love. Uh, sci-fi movies where the aliens are very octopi looking. Oh, same. Yeah. I'm very disappointed with Pokemon's depiction of the octopus. I think that it was too, you know, it's not badass enough. I don't think, I think it could have been better. And then it's like, they, they have like a fish that evolves into an octopus or something like that. Really? And I'm like, this is so raggedy. It's (laughs) raggedy as hell. Like, no, like, it's a baby octopus, and then we'll have. A, I need it to be a three-stage evolution, also. Yeah. Not yeah. don't cut me off at a two-stage, no. and then also come on, like. Uh, so y'all went to multiple Pokemon centers. Um, we did go to two different ones. We went to one. Where did we go? I think we went to one that was in Tokyo Sky Tower, and then we went to one that was over closer to us, or maybe one was just the. Oh, it might have been the Nintendo store. So we might have gone to a Nintendo store and then the Pokemon store. Yeah. Um, the Gengar card. How did you know about the Gengar card? Obsessed. I never found He didn't even get it until... So let me start here. We went to a lot of toy shops. Okay. My dad and I were big action figure collectors, comic book collectors growing up. Okay. I mean, we had thousands and thousands of comic books and i oh probably had i don't think i knew this about i think you. i had over a hundred marvel action figures oh shit fuck dc i don't give a fuck i mean i like dc though a lot though i really do like dc i just didn't care about the action figures yeah, yeah, yeah. my older cousin had a shit ton of batman but anyway i ended up i like had this idea that like whenever i was growing up i think i was in high school whenever i did this but I was like, oh, I'm. this is embarrassing. Like, I'm too old. I'll, I'm not going to want all these action figures. Yeah. And I'm not even going to play video games or anything in the future. I'm going to be, like, a successful businessman and like, or a dentist. And, like, that's my life. That's my hobby. And, like, that's what I want. Wrong. Like, you never grow out of that weird stuff that you like. I didn't. I don't know why it didn't click. Like, all my uncles and my dad still love comic books and, like, all of that stuff so i'm like why did i think i was like done with like 
not going to do this anymore. Yeah. So disappointed. I got rid of all. I either oh, donated no. or sold. I sold in bulk on eBay. Sold like all like groups of my, like I had all my X-Men action figures, sold them in bulk for like 200 bucks or something, which is like nice. They were like nice action figures. And I guess if you're getting that many, it's worth it. But like. No, it wasn't worth it. I wish I had kept all of them. Yeah, so bad. you might have had something. Well, I just would have wish I had kept them. Like, because now I wish I just had them, like, on a bookshelf or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I just like like them. But um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So we were going to a lot of different toy stores because I was like, I have to get my dad some kind of cool action figure. It's his souvenir. That's what I got. I got all my, like, close family, um, like, something specific to them. Like, my mom, her birthstone. Blah, blah, whatever. I also got her Animal Crossing merch from the Nintendo store. Like, Animal Crossing Japanese house slippers, which is what uh-huh. you wear whenever you take your shoes off. Because she's obsessed with Animal Crossing. So, I just, I also got her those. But, anyway. So, we went to this toy store called Mandurake. Who, I guess it's like a toy collector chain across okay. Tokyo or Japan. I don't know. But the one we went to was so epic. So many cool toys. Gundam, Sailor Moon, Marvel, DC, anything, Street Fighter, anything you could possibly think of. So, like, I probably spent a good hour and a half, two hours just walking around in the first one we went to. Found some retro 1995. No, I think this one was 1993. Iron Man action figures, which, like, my dad had every single one of them. And he specifically, like one time it was, I think it was close to my birthday or Christmas and I wanted to open up a present early. He was like, no, I'm not going to let you like open up one of your presents. Your mom said no, but if you want, you can go into, we literally had like, it. we had a guest room and it was just a toy room. <laughs> it was full of comic books and toys. I'm sure my mom wanted to divorce both of us, like just leave us <laughs> right. on the street. But the whole room was filled up with comic books and action figures, just like lined on shelves, in the closet, everywhere. So he was like, you can go pick an Iron Man action figure if you want to open one. So I opened this like one that was like the Arctic armor action figure. It had the most pieces because it had individual armor that you could snap on, but then it also had a suit underneath. So I picked this one. I opened up before my birthday because I was a spoiled little brat and had to have something then. And so I found that exact same freaking Iron Man action figure. Oh, my God. Got it for only, I think it was like $20. Holy shit. U.S. dollars over there. It's worth 60 U.S. dollars on eBay. Damn. So I was like, oh, it's worth 60 bucks on eBay. It's in perfect condition, unopened. Got it. My dad was so obsessed. He was like, holy crap. Like... He was like, I don't even remember that story at all. Like, you did you just make that up? And I was like, no, literally, like, kids don't forget, like, m- meaningful moments. Sorry, yeah. you didn't, sorry you didn't mean anything. To you. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's just, you know, he, he's older. It just doesn't, whatever. No, I but. still, I have specific memories attached to specific, like, Lego sets that I got when Exa- I was a kid. Exactly. Like, it meant something. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he was super excited, but that's, I think, how Taylor realized, I think, while we were there, because we were separated in the store, because I was going so slow looking at everything and, like, taking pictures of toys and stuff. He was probably just like, oh, whatever. He doesn't really care about Marvel or anything like that. But um, I think he saw that they did carry, like, retro Pokemon cards there. Yeah. But he went to a different one after I left Japan, because he was there for four days after I actually left, because he had two more shows. Um, but I just, I had to get back for work and stuff. So I, I left, 
he uh, didn't tell me he was going to these other toy stores or anything, but he told me I think he went to one or two other ones. He saw this uh, original Japanese holographic Gengar card and was like, I have to get it. Like, So he got it, and I think – oh, so he got it for the exact same price that I paid for my mom's gemstone. It was so weird. I was like, also paid $60. I was like, weird, but perfect gift. Like, I cannot believe – I think he felt bad because – I was trying to do so much souvenir shopping for other people. It was like, no, you need to get yourself something. I got my plushy Gengar from the Pokemon Center. Like, that's all I wanted. Yeah. But he saw that, and he had to get it, and I was just like, you know how I know you're the one? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm so serious. I was like, who else is ever going to get me a perfect – like, I know we've been together for almost seven years now, but I really did not expect him to come back home with a holographic original Japanese Gengar card. Like, I almost shit myself whenever I saw it. And he had already ordered, like, a like like a baseball card frame, yeah. basically, for it. Yeah. So I already had a frame for it. I was so obsessed. Like Amazing. I, I love it. Yeah. There were so many cute stories of just the two of you over the course of those two podcasts. Like, it's oh. just, y'all are I, so I'm gonna have to go, Now I'm going to go back and listen to them, like, all the way through instead of just, like, partially. Um, let's talk about the Bebop vet call. Can I go to that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, totally. sorry. I, I didn't know how easy it was to take a break. Oh, no, it's super easy. Okay. Anytime you need to take a break. Okay, so one of, the, one of the things that he mentioned that I want to get the other side of the story was him being at the club, getting a call from <laughs> y'all's vet about Bebop. It was like a check-in call. Oh my gosh. And yeah. you had already taken care of everything. So th- I guess that's why they called him. Like I called to make sure of something. I don't remember what it was exactly. I was calling just, Oh, I think I literally just called to check in on them. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, he doesn't have cell phone service. He's the, um, like number, I guess they had listed as the primary number minus right. the secondary one. I was like, make sure you use my number. Yeah, as the primary that's what number. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what. So it then was. they call him and they're like, oh, it's about Bebop. Yeah, we just changed the phone number. I'm like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, I thought something was seriously wrong. I was like, no, I just, I literally called them to make sure nothing was wrong. Just check in on them. I'm like, you know, I'm being lazy that night. I didn't go out, which is very. It was so shocking because, like, normally he's the homebody and, like, right. not the one going out. And I'm the one who's, like, out every weekend or whatever. Yeah. So it was so funny because I was just – I was jet-lagged and tired. He's more used to adapting to travel and, and he's always on the go, 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 go every single weekend. So he's just used to it. But I was like, no, I can – I went out the first night. This night I cannot go out again. Like, uh, what was it? What was it like going out there? It was so much fun. The one club we went to. Okay, so first of all, it also feels very safe. There's no worry about gun violence or people getting into fights or being rude. Like everybody's so respectful, even at the clubs. Like even everybody's drunk and everybody's still like, excuse me, or like right. not not like crowding your space or anything annoying like it was so crazy um but it was also so fun like that club was so much fun they had a really good dj lots of american music i mean it was all american music um and then on the flip side of things there's a lot of dive bars so there's a lot of bars where only like four to six people can fit 
So we went right. to some of those, and we like, I was having some drinks with the wrestlers. Obviously, like Effie doesn't drink, so he was just like hanging out with us. But it was so interesting. It was like really cool how there's fifty thousand bars in this in these two strips or whatever, and only like four to six people can fit in any of them. But they're still able to stay open and right. be successful, I guess. Like. Um, and then one night we we did like the gay bars. So there's I don't know how many gay bars there are in Tokyo. I've heard there's not a ton. Um, I've heard that the there's a large gay community, but it's more like underground a little bit. Right. These two gay bars we went to were right next to each other, and everybody was like out in the streets. Everything. It, it was not hush hush at all. Like, and then it was so funny because at the other bars, like. They, uh, everybody in Tokyo knows a little bit of English. Like yeah. they can kind of communicate pretty well, like just knowing like limited, but at the gay bars, everybody is like a hundred percent fluent in English. I saw so many different races and nationality that you did not see just like walking through Tokyo. It's literally all Japanese people at that time, I guess, because the borders were still technically closed unless right. you live there. You have a work visa yeah. or something, some like special um, exception, but it was so cool. I was like, so weird, but so cool. Everybody was, um, super friendly and just, uh, Joey Janela got hit on, I think by the bartender and I don't know. It was just super friendly and I had a great time. We saw the drag show. I heard there's no dragon Tokyo. One of the other pro wrestlers, I won't say their name. They've been to Tokyo before. <laughs> Mike Pero <laughs> said, "There's not much. There's no drag in Tokyo." First time we went to gay bars, we saw a drag show. So suck on that, Mike. But no, I'm just kidding. I love Mike Pero and his husband, but um, it, it it was really cool. It was oh, and then I I had the nerve to ask. I'm like, so like okay, up to maybe what is it like six dollars? Six seven dollars in yen is a coin. Okay. Um. So like five hundred yen would be maybe maybe that's only like four dollars or something like right. that. But it's a it's still a coin. That that's the math that we worked out. Right. Something like that. We yeah. worked the math out on the pocket pussy. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Got to figure out the right price. Yeah. The price is right. Um. <laughs> And then everyone else on the TikTok was also like, if you look at the comments on that TikTok, oh, wow. that they're like, viral, "What a good deal!" Yeah, that's they're like, "Wow." What it is. Um, I think I think Taylor came home with two of those. <laughs> it's like, "Here's yours." I was like, "Thanks, <laughs> appreciate it." Um, but uh, oh yeah, wait, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, we were talking about nightlife. Right. So, I mean, it was just so, a good time. Did you yeah. have you witnessed the Taylor dance oh, craze? Oh, wait. Cra sorry, sorry, sorry. I remembered okay. what I was going to say. Okay. So, I had the nerve to ask, which I didn't have the nerve because, you know, you go to an American drag show, I'm always going to freaking tip. I'm going to tip at least $20 in ones spread out, like probably like $3 to this drag queen, yeah, yeah, yeah. $4 to that drag queen. Maybe one if I only have a one left. I don't know. But, like, normally ones are what is expected at right. not only drag shows, also strip clubs. In Japan, they I asked. I was like, so do they take coins as tip? Since if I give them, you know, a thousand yen, that's like eight dollars. 
That's a big tip for a drag yeah. queen in a show. Not saying that they don't deserve it at all. I had no problem doing it. But the girl I asked, she was she wasn't a drag queen or anything. She was just uh, somebody hanging out. And I was like, so uh, do they take? Can we tip with coins? The drag queens here, and she just looks at me, like smirks a little bit, and goes, "No, paper." And I was like, "Okay, okay, eight dollars or nothing. Get out!" Like, <laughs> no, I had no problem with. It. I just I kept asking uh, Effie for because I I'd run out of my paper money at that point. Yeah. I was like, I need to go to an ATM. I was like, give me a thousand yen. Give me a thousand yen. These bitches need money. I was like, it's not your money. It's their money. I kept, I think I'd had enough drinks at that point. I kept saying it's their money anyway. <laughs> give them their money. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but also I, uh, he was probably like this drunk bitch. Like, it's so funny. Um, so have you witnessed the Taylor dance craze? Taylor dance craze? What does yeah. that mean? He, so since England, he's been dancing. Uh, he's been rediscovering his love of dance. Okay. And I'm I didn't know that. And I'm wondering if you witnessed this or not. No. I mean, like, I've seen him dance a few times whenever we, we've either gone to concerts where it's fun to dance at. Like, yeah. I think it was, um, what is it? Animal... Collective? Collective! Animal yeah. Collective. Yeah, we went to go see them on a Monday night randomly and... He was having a good time dancing. We usually dance at weddings. Yeah. He's not, he does not go out like dancing. That, whenever and that's we're at specifically home. Like, what I'm talking about. Right. But he was going out and dancing a lot in Europe and, and Japan. He was dancing a lot. Yeah. And the, the, the thing that I have to remind myself, even when listening back to the Japan episodes, is that he is bloody for most of this. For what? Dancing? No, no, no. Just all Japan activities well, yeah. once he started wrestling. But like I said, they make them clean up and they right. really do like give them bandages and stuff too. So, I mean, he was fixed up. Whenever he would go out, I, I hope, <laughs> even though, you know, he would get back and um, like I went out with him some nights, but there were I think there were two nights I didn't go out with him. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he doesn't drink, so he doesn't get hangovers. So it's a little bit easier to go out yeah. and dance whenever you're not hungover or whatever. But he also um, would come back and was like definitely would still bleed a little bit. So, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I just gave him like one of my, uh, I think I had like a long sleeve shirt or something at one point. I was like, just put this on. Like, you just got to don't bleed on the Airbnb sheets. I, I feel bad. And I already walked in the Airbnb once with shoes on and everything. They probably got cameras in here. Let's just be respectful. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your favorite food out of everything that you ate there? Oh, great question. Gotta be honest, it was like, it sounds weird, but it was the 7-Eleven ramen. Okay. Like literally ramen and rice cakes from the 7-Eleven or Amazing. a Family Mart. Family Marts are everywhere. But I would go there so much like just because I knew I could find veggie ramen with hefty dehydrated veggies. Like hefty on the veggies. Oh, like, shit. The quality of their ramen is so much better. It's crazy it's like i don't know it just all tastes better the noodles are better quality the ingredients are better quality you're getting like a ton you're not just getting little dehydrated peas or something right in the ramen. you're getting like a full 
cabbage, carrots. That's crazy. Smorgasbord. Like loved it so much. I I literally bought like ten ramens and just had them in our Airbnb for me to eat for meals in between like going places. But I will say that the Snoopy Cafe was also probably, you know, a little bit more American and it was so good. We got pasta there. So it was like Italian, but I know was, the sushi really was good though. There, we went to one of those places where the sushi comes around on a conveyor belt, but I think mean, because of COVID, they just had pictures of the sushi. So yeah. you would just be like, Oh, I want that. Or right. Whatever. Or you would order on a, um, an iPad that was in front of you, but the sushi was really good. Um, Snoopy cafe. And then just all the ramen, like, it was so good because you can buy like seasoned hard boiled eggs there. Then you buy the ramen. Then you like any Airbnb or anywhere you go, they have like hot water on the ready. Yeah. Like they have electric. So now we have an electric hot water heater, like kettle, an electric yeah. kettle is what it is. Yeah. We bought a giant one whenever we got home because we were like, this is amazing. So yep. I'm just like heating up water in the electric kettle and eating ramen like nonstop the whole time. I was I just like, it. I don't want to go eat anywhere else. Why would I bother? This ramen yeah. is such high quality. I'm like, this is like 10 stars right here. Five stars, whatever. Ten I stars, mean, might actually. as well be 10 stars. It's 10 stars. It's 10, 10 stars. stars. I ate enough of it to be 10 stars. But <laughs> um, now I just eat it all the time at home too. I'm like, you know, put up egg in there. Yeah. Hard boiled egg. That's what that I, whenever I hit winter, I have to do, cause like the seasonal depression definitely sets in. So I have to like, you're telling me, get like, really rigorous about my schedule. Cause that's typically the thing that keeps me sane. I also just bought a hammock, which will be the other thing, right? Um, which will be interesting. Cause they just parked a movie light crane in my backyard today. <laughs> Um, for the Anne Hathaway movie that's shooting next door. You got to get that money. Um, I have to eat. I have is to it an Anne Hathaway it is. movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have just, you seen her? I have not. She's supposed. To, they've been prepping for the past month. It's getting really serious oh now. Oh my gosh. She's supposed to show up pretty they're soon. They're in your yard. They're like, in my yard. I yeah, better meet her. They're like, hanging stuff from the trees in your yard. They like, they are. They rented out my backyard and part of my basement where I do laundry. So I will. <gasps> I will be. There's stuff around. in the basement. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that doesn't. I mean, where other people are going, they're like, we'll just leave this. Is it like equipment? Yeah. They left it in the wrong basement. I'm like, do they know who lives here? I'm like, no, they have no idea. You know how to use the equipment. You're like, uh, daddy needs a new Uh, camera. I'm definitely going to be putting Lucy on the crane and getting a photo of her. You have Uh, to. I want, I was wondering if that was for the movie that they mm -hmm. were shooting. So they're as my neighbors down the street, talked to them and found out that Anne Hathaway was going to show that she's a part of the movie. That's and crazy. then I was walking by there, and they the had a me same here. <laughs> Catwoman, um, Anne Hathaway, best oh Catwoman. No, okay, I love Zoe Kravitz. Don't get me wrong, but Anne Hathaway was like, this feels classic to it, me. It really it, did. It, like a, it really yeah, did. Yeah, um, and she's incredible in Interstellar, which I just recently rewatched. Um, and, and Princess Dyer. And Princess Dyer. Um, but, uh, they had a, like, a, a big poster board that was, like, their mood board for, um, (laughs) like, it said, it said Celine's house. And so I was like, okay, this is a character's house, so they're definitely shooting here. Her name is Celine? And so I went and looked up. That's Catwoman's name. I am, right? 
So I went and looked it up on IMDb, and I found a movie that Anne Hathaway is in where her character's name is Celine. So that is her. Stop. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to get that from you. Yeah. So I can go creep on that. Yeah, I'm obsessed with that. Um, Now, let me ask you this really quick: Have you seen the Anne Hathaway movie that is kind of about like it's like mental health, and they're like these giants? I forget the name of it. It's like an indie film. Colossal. Colossal. Yes. Yes. Effie and I watched that one night, and I was like, I actually loved that movie. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought it was going to be shitty, and I'm like, no, she can carry a fucking movie. It's Have like, you seen Rachel Getting Married? No, I haven't. Okay. You, Is she so, starring in that? So, it's about... Les Anne, Mis. Anne Hath- <laughs> I've definitely seen Les Mis, but... <laughs> Anne Hathaway is a... Uh, drug addict, a recovering drug addict, okay. and she's going to she's the black sheep of the family and she's going to her sister's wedding. Okay. And it is just like a intense family drama with her being I love an intense family yeah, drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to have it. And she's just drama. like the butt of everything. Like okay. everyone hates her. It's, it's called uh, Rachel Getting Married. Rachel Getting Married. Okay, I'm definitely gonna have to That's check like that one out. of her best. I'm literally gonna go home and like watch that it's, tonight <laughs> it's oh it's yeah it's um so speaking of dramatic and tea spilling and things in that area as someone who coexists with taylor effie on a regular basis what are some let's call them idiosyncrasies in traveling with taylor like what are some oh. quirks oh my gosh okay so one thing about me is like whenever i'm traveling there is no relax. Like everything is in a folder and organized and everything will go smoothly or I will have a panic attack. I believe it. And it could, it could be a minor derailment. And I'm like, we're four hours early. And I, this is at least a 30 minute line. We're probably going to miss our flight. (laughs) So, I mean, we should probably just go home now. So like, I'm very difficult. I think, (laughs) He is a very laissez-faire and is like, it's all, we have, don't, we have, t- we have TSA clear. It's going to work out. Like it's what forms, we don't need forms to enter a country and like, we just do our thing. Like, I swear to you, like, I think his visa, he submitted his application for visa the very last day that it could possibly have been submitted to get approved. I think he got approved two days before we fly, flew wow. out or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be the most stressful trip ever. Like, I mean, I've gone other places with him to like Mexico before. And right. he, we had a customs form. You're supposed to keep your customs form and show it to them whenever you leave. He did not have said customs form. We were not four hours early for that flight at Cozumel. We were maybe an hour early. Okay. The flight ended up getting delayed two hours. So we had plenty of time. But I'm like, at that point, they they made him get out of line after we had already waited for an hour and a half to get up to the point where they check your form. They were going to make him go fill it out somewhere else. I literally held up the line, took like 20 minutes filling out my information, and then I was just like, not screaming, but like frantically, no, no, we can't. He has to be here. I'm leaving my bags here. I'm running over to that counter and I'm going to see if he's done. I run over to the counter. He's just finishing up. I'm like, my bags, come look, run, cut everybody in the line again so that he can fill out his information. The, I think the attendants are just looking at me like <laughs> dramatic American. Just get, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I think that's one quirky thing about 
traveling with him is that he's just so laid back and I'm like, it's hard to deal with sometimes, yeah. but for me, but not really because honestly, everything always has worked out and he right. hasn't had a problem with anything. Yeah. And whenever he's traveling alone, he never has had a problem with anything so far. But I think that's probably the biggest thing is just our travel styles are so different. I'm like, yeah. everything has to be so organized, whatever. But he also likes to think that, um, you know, we got to bring the Nintendo Switch. We got to bring stuff to do. We're going to we're gonna be doing, 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 traveling. He will sleep through anything. Like, <laughs> he slept the entire 11-hour flight, pretty much. Like, I don't think he woke up until we landed in Tokyo. I'm like, playing Super Smash Brothers alone. I'm like, yeah, well. So, I, I just think his ability to travel and stay calm and stay cool is one of his, like, this is the only way he's been successful and not had like a mental breakdown. He's so level-headed anyway. But we talk about like, uh, you know, when are we going to apply to be on the amazing race and everything? Yeah. So I'm like, this is so funny. Like, I think we would probably make pretty good TV because we're such different travelers. Yeah. And we do like, we will butt heads and argue. But then the thing about our relationship is we can be screaming at each other, yelling, arguing, whatever. And then, Ten minutes later, we're like, okay, we're just going to have a good time. Yeah. We're just going to have yeah. to get over it. Like, whatever. That's so, so. funny. But, um, okay, so other than The Amazing Race, what other reality show would you want to compete with Taylor on? Oh, my God. I want us to go into Big Brother. Like, nobody is going to expect that we are friends or dating or anything. Uh -huh. So I would love if we could come in as, like, a secret twist. Like, secret yeah teammates yeah. but if we make it to a certain point then we automatically win twenty thousand dollars or something like that i don't know big brother i've always wanted to be on big brother love it interviewed a few times <laughs> to be right. on it that's right but i really want um i really want effie to apply to be on big brother solo even if i can't be on it like yeah. i think he come on effie is reality tv gold like he doesn't even drink alcohol. No. So he's just like a weird, crazy person anyway. <laughs> yeah. They don't really give you alcohol on those types of shows that much because it is a liability. Right. So I'm like, come on, let's get our entertainment. One, I think he could also win because he's, I don't know. I think his social game would get him voted out, but I would love to see him at least compete. Like. <laughs> I'm trying to think like other oh the circle would be a great one if we could go into the circle and play together as one profile. What's the circle? So the circle on Netflix, it's it's like the social media competition where all of these people go stay at a hotel. Yeah, I but remember they can't this. Meet yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. They're only meeting each other through yeah. social media. Yeah. And then you have to vote each other out based on your interaction. I wonder and, if you could also do a ringer with that one and be on a secret team somehow. Well, they do a lot of times with that one have two people come in and play as one profile. Okay. So there's two people behind this person on your social media yeah, profile. Yeah, yeah. And I then, think like, I only saw the first season of that. I love it. I think it's a great premise. Um, you know, fuck the prize money. I don't even care about the prize money from any of the shows. It's more about like the experience and the competition for me because yeah. I'm extremely competitive. You know, Evie tells me all the time it's not. We're not in a competition. It's not a competition, blah, blah, whatever. And I'm like, for me, everything is a competition. I don't care what it is. If we're at work, if we're at home, if we're washing dishes, if we're, you know, walking the dogs. I don't know. Everything is a competition for me. It doesn't matter. Like, it does spill over into our relationship, too. 
probably not the most healthy all the time, but that's what it's about for me. I want to go compete and show people that you can't beat me. And I feel like for him, he's like, let's, let's just enjoy the experience. I don't, I don't know how into reality TV he really was other than RuPaul's drag race. Right. Before we started dating. Yeah. But now he's seen like every episode of, Big Brother that's come out since we've started. So in the past seven years, he's seen every episode of Big Brother that he's home to watch with me. Um, but he, I think he's more an amazing race person because he's a big travel person. Yeah. So like he wants to see how we, I think his biggest thing is like, he wants to see like, could we actually like travel this much together? And like one, one trip going somewhere is fine. Like anybody can do anything, but whenever you're going somewhere, going somewhere, going somewhere, going somewhere, going somewhere. How is that gonna work out? Like, I don't know. yeah, I think he'd be fine, but uh, he, I don't. The, it's just, he seems to have a like a travel blessing around him, if that's possible. I think so because it seems to always. I always say a little out. prayer every time before he gets on an airplane. I'm like, let me throw my goodwill up because I feel like I'm pretty lucky as a person, just like. Whenever I think something is going to work out or like I want something to work out, it does. And I think that that's a lot of, you know, psychology, self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you do little things that build up to one big outcome. And then, of course, it worked out because you've been thinking about it for six months and made small little decisions that made it happen. But I always do that for him. I'm like, he's got to be safe. Like, just get him down. And, you know, we're going to go volunteer at the food shelter tomorrow or the the what is it the food kitchen tomorrow for my goodwill i need my good karma back like i will that's like one big thing about me is i'm like it's karma like you gotta put it out to get it yeah. out honey yeah 100 percent. it's just like a relationship with anybody else put out to get out or put out to get stuff i guess <laughs> I that doesn't uh, sound like a healthy relationship either but <laughs> No, I mean it's a the the very basic uh, where your attention is is where everything's gonna flow into. Yeah, it's like entropy. It's uh, thermodynamics. You have mm-hmm. to give to get, give to get. Like, I don't know. So, any other Japan thoughts? Um, just on the topic of the dogs, like we miss them so much. By day six or seven, I was like, I am ready to go home. This is something I've learned about me. I just missed our dog so much. Like, And I'm like, in Japan, my number one location in the world where I've always wanted to go, there's so much to do around here. And like, all I can think about is going home. Yeah. So like, I had to push past that a little bit on the last few days just because I was like, we really need to enjoy these days and like right. go do something crazy. Yeah. That's whenever we actually left the city and went to the cat temple. Like, I think it was the last two days I was there. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I can't really think of anything. I think we kind of covered everything. Yeah. I mean, um, just thinking about. I mean, you know, like, I know Bebop has been something of a transition such a like, burden uh, he's such a burden i love him but he he was like i was not even thinking that he was gonna be such a puppy but like i don't know he's learned so fast it's like i i could never get i would never get rid of him like at this point like i mean you know if will comes back into the picture the daddy but you know stepdads are happy to have him and he's not going anywhere because cranberry is like 
she's gonna live like an extra five years because of yeah. this dog. So. Yeah. Uh, no, I was the spending Thanksgiving with Bebop and Lucy. I was so impressed with how much of a little gentleman he is oh now. He's so different than he, like y'all have done wonders with that dog. Really? It's just like, I feel like we do, we're just giving him consistent reprimand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, I don't know. He was just like, <laughs> he's just so happy to be around. And... He is. That's why I'm like, I can't even be mad at him. Like, I let him do whatever he wants now. I mean, he's chewed through all of our blankets, which is fine. <laughs> he kind of sticks to the fleece blankets. He's pretty much learned that if it's not a fleece blanket, I'm not going to chew on it. He just really loves the fabric. And I'm like, well, we just won't buy fleece blankets. Like, you'll, we'll buy you fleece blankets to chew on. Yeah. And it's fine. He just chews the smallest holes, though. So they look like Swiss cheese. It's so weird. I'm like, are you eating this? I really hope he's not. But I check his poop. So. <laughs> yeah. I like, I'm so weird. I like examine their oh poop I, every I do the time. same thing you have to you, have you don't to. know that's, that's how you check how you their health. Dogs health yeah exactly, exactly. Yep. Damn. but he does need to go to the vet soon to get his anal glands yeah pinched yeah squeezed. i don't even think girl dogs have to do that do they oh uh, they might not i don't know i've only ever had it with boy dogs but i mean they might just do cranberries and I just haven't been there for it. I think so. they, I think they did do Lucy the last time. I we thought were all in. dogs had butt glands. But I think I they know. do. <laughs> there was someone on my next door that was very proud that they had watched a YouTube video on how to do it yourself, <gasps> Stop. and was like, "Hey, everybody, you can do it yourself." Yeah, every. I was well, like, "What a thing to share." No, I had a friend that did that. His well, not he didn't do it, but his mom did it to their like family dog. Uh-huh. So. And that's how I first learned about it. I had no idea. I was like, they get their, what? Like, yeah. I was like, butt glands. I was like, do I need to get mine done? Like, I don't know. Do we? I don't know. Like, I don't think <laughs> I'm thinking, so. I'm guessing not. I guess you don't, but. I feel like that would have been a part of uh, sex ed in right. high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, remember, I'm, I'm get your like, butt glands. Anything the vet says, I'm always like, well, we're the same. Like, do I need, do I need to be put down <laughs> yeah. for a deep cleaning? Like a yeah. deep dental cleaning? I don't yeah. know. Probably. Like, <laughs> Please put me under and clean Yeah, my put teeth. me under and floss. I don't know. Like, uh, My feel- dentist has laughing gas. Okay, I'm probably going to need to get uh, your dental recommendation amazing. because I need He's to go amazing. somewhere. Like, I've tried to make an appointment the past two times at this place called Tend, which is, like, supposed to be this new age dental yeah. service where you can just download the app and make an appointment. Three times they've canceled my appointment oh, really? the day before, and I'm like, damn, y'all. Like, they're like, oh, we misscheduled our dentist i'm like oh well so that my dentist (laughs) um, he's up in sandy springs but he worth it you get free laughing gas with every visit oh love that free laughing gas. yeah yeah so you're kind of fucked up like Like, yeah exactly um and he has all these photos of him with like the members of led zeppelin and like the rolling stones (laughs) and he talks this sounds illegal but (laughs) yeah right he talks, <laughs> he talks like Johnny Bravo. Stop. Mixed with like a little Austin Powers. Oh, you're a man. You're never yeah, yeah, yeah. And like like he, like he'll call you babe the whole time. So he's weird. Ridiculous. I love it. Is he gay? He's he's not. He So he was gay one, and Italian. When <laughs> I lived in. Um, no, he's not Italian either. He's a weird dude. When I lived in Buckhead. Is Johnny Bravo. He was my. Yeah. He was my landlord's brother, and he lived two houses down from me. And so he would ha- he would ha- throw these parties all the time, not married or anything. 
um, but we would just throw like giant costume parties. parties throughout the year. So I don't <laughs> costume really costume parties. That's yeah, so fun. I don't I really that. know what like was a cosplay going. party. Yeah, exactly. Just like ran, not even for Halloween. He was a right. funny guy, but he's my dentist. I love that. I'm yeah. gonna go to him. I'm gonna get your regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he takes our insurance. I don't know, but um, we'll see. Cool. Well, what else? Do we want to talk about? The only other thing is that we are really pushing to buy a place by next May. So I think the housing market will have fully crashed by then. I'm so, so hoping so. I yeah. need the cr- housing market to crash. What we need is a little fenced in yard for these puppers. Yeah. Gotta have one. They yeah. need Bebop needs the space. Like We'll see. I think we'll end up moving a little bit outside of um, city Atlanta. It's really, really. Ex- I mean, like you're going to spend like yeah, Decatur's Decatur. perfect. Decatur, Familyville. Great. All yeah, the lesbians yeah. go to Decatur. We're going yeah. to Decatur. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I want to go where the lesbians are. Yeah. They know the tea. Literally, they know what's going on in the housing market. Guaranteed. Yeah. If anybody does. Yeah. Um, beautiful. This was so much fun. Thank you for doing this. Of course, I love it.